and welcome to Age Gap Finance, a podcast for a millennial and a baby boomer talk money. My name is Nick Renokia. My age is 26. I'm an advisor in the state of Florida, and uh, I'm here with Ed. My name is Ed Rosado. I'm a managing partner of Rosado Wealth Management. My age is 59 years old. So we are going to talk about... Um, Really, the main topic is what to do now to prep for your next year's taxes. So we're in May right now, so just coming off a a busy tax season, and I know the last thing a lot of people want to talk about um, is taxes, taxes, really. So, um, But it's important to do a little bit of prep work now so that there's no surprises uh, when it does come time to file, and then um, just anything you can do now to, to give a little bit less of a tax bill later is is always beneficial. So that's going to be the main topic of the podcast. But before we get into anything like that, um, we just want to talk a little bit about the current state of the market. Um, today is the 18th, middle of May, and the Dow is down uh, 10.14%. NASDAQ is 23.4%. And the S&P is 14.21%. So a little bit different from the last podcast where we recorded, Ed, um, probably toward the end of last year is the last podcast we have, which, you know, all three major indexes were up well into double digits again last year. So, you know, we've been seeing really good years in the market um, for the past few years. So uh, honestly, it is probably about time we saw some sort of choppy market. You know, are are there any surprises for you, Ed, from what you've seen? Uh, I think a lot of it's surprising, but uh, with the environment out there, with everything that's going on, with uh, Russia, Ukraine, inflation, gas prices, um, you know, raising interest rates, raising, raising interest rates, um, it's it's kind of surprising, yeah, what the market's doing. But then again, housing is still booming. Real estate sales are still booming. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's so opposite. You know, you look at the housing market and it's red hot. You know, if whatever your house was worth last year, you know, add. Add 20% to it. Easily, um, yeah. But, you know, take 20% away from your stock portfolios, really, uh, as it stands right now, for the most part. I mean, the general market. So, um, yeah, there's there's obviously a lot to worry about in the market. Um, but that's, that's no different than our, you know, what we hear every day. Uh, you know, the minute this monster is over um, with Russia and Ukraine or inflation, you know, you name it. Something else is gonna kind of take the lead as, as the next problem where it you know, the market's never been this bad or, you know, it this it's different this time you know it, a lot of people you know just they kind of go down a downward spiral and worry themselves. Yep, a lot of people reacting on fear right now, and uh, which is you know, normal when we see markets like this, but. Then there again, then there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that take advantage of these type of markets and and, and buying. So um, yeah, I mean it's normal to have that emotion and uh-huh. and to to feel a little bit of something when markets are down the way they are. But you know what's important is to not react to that, like you're saying. And um, you know, it, hopefully you have a trusted advisor that's guiding you along. You know, can ease your nerves and. I know we try to do that for our clients, you know, due to the, the nature of, of us trying to how we allocate people and things like that. You know, we, we try to prepare them for a situation where if the markets are like this, they're still in a, in a decent position. 
Um, and that's the importance of having an advisor is, you know, just someone to look out for you to, you know, just set up the proper plan because you never know what's going to happen in the market. You know, it's easy to to plug people all on the stock market and while the market's rallying, um, you look like the best advisor ever. Um, but really, I think when the market is down is, is when you got to really, really trust your advisor and, and make sure you have uh, you're in good hands. Yeah, you know, fortunately enough, we've positioned uh, many of our clients uh, for markets uh, like this that's going on right now. And uh, although everything is down for the year, just about, and we have to say fortunately enough that a lot of our clients are not down as much as the major indexes, which, which is good. And that's, right. just, that's just a matter of proper planning. And so we feel like we've done a real good job with a lot of our clients right now. The topic of, of this podcast today is, like Nick was saying, to talk about taxes. I mean, the last thing people want to talk about is taxes right after tax season. But uh, now is actually the best time to plan for next year. Uh, we just got off the 2021 tax season. You know, we saw probably close to 1,500 tax clients come through our office and a lot of them probably we had several hundred of brand new clients come to us for taxes mm -hmm. and a lot of those clients become our financial clients eventually with a lot of the clients that we saw this year uh, a lot of clients got surprised when they got their tax return done and they saw you know taxation on um, certain things that they feel that they can't control um, such as uh, the big one is probably capital gain distributions, which come from mutual funds. That's a that's a real tough one with a lot of clients. They can't understand uh, why uh, they're getting taxed on these capital gains that uh, are produced from mutual funds. And what we try to explain to people is that you know on December thirty first, the mutual fund companies declare their capital gains distributions on December 31st. So nobody really knows what they get hit with until they get that uh, tax statement uh, at the end of the year for their taxes. So this time of the year, we do a lot of tax planning with those clients to show yeah. them how to uh, control uh, those capital gains distributions. Yeah, and, and a lot of those clients who um, who are complaining about this, you know, it, it I understand where they're coming from because it's money that you didn't see throughout the year. It's not like you sold that asset and, you know, got a gain off of it and that's why you're paying. It's It's, you know, when you're invested in a mutual fund like that, whoever's managing that fund, you know, the, the ma money managers behind the scenes, they're making all those transactions within the mutual fund that you'll never see on your trading statement, but they are trading within that mutual fund. And they pass all that gain on to the shareholders at the end of the year. So you really don't know how much trading they're doing. You know, usually in a positive market, there's going to be a lot of turnover. Um, they're realizing a lot more gain. And so, you know, obviously we saw a lot of uh, growth in the market last year. So even though a lot of clients didn't sell anything necessarily, they got those capital gains distributions unexpectedly at the end of the year. Uh, and we saw people, their whole tax return changed just off that, honestly. So that's definitely something important to look for. Uh, another thing that, that I think is pretty important to focus on now is your W-4. 
Um, I mean, if you're still working and you're throwing wages or um, if you're self-employed or however it is, um, and you are working, the time to prepare is through those paychecks. You know, when your W-4 is properly um, managed, then at that point, more money is being taken out of your paycheck to then, you know, increase your withholding throughout the year so that come tax time, you had additional money taken out of your, your paycheck so that when you get your W-2 eventually at the end of the year, you know, there's a lot more withholding on there and that leaves less surprises as well because um, a lot of people will say that, you know, you know they, they don't know what their W-4 form says on it. You know, do they, does it say they have dependents on it? Do, are they, you know, if they're owing because of other parts and they don't want to withhold from Social Security or something like that, and then up it from your, your wages or another area. So uh, bottom line, it's important to get your withholding right from anywhere you're taking income. So whether that's a wage, whether that's a distribution from a retirement account, um, a lot of people, they take their RMDs, uh, obviously, throughout the year, and, you know, it's important that if you're going to be in a taxable situation, that you withhold a lot, uh, or enough, rather, out of that distribution to pay for that tax. So it's, it's really more about any income you're taking, making sure the proper taxes are taken out, because it's a lot harder to cut that check at the end of the year, then, you know, not see that money throughout the year. So making sure your withholdings right is, is very important. Yeah, because the other thing too on that topic is when you don't have enough withholding and you're consistent every year and having to, you know, pay at the end of the year, the IRS is going to look for you to pay quarterly estimates, which yeah. people hate. So we want to make sure that if you are still working, have wages that you get together with your employer. One of our tax people here that are doing your taxes, they can help you to adjust the proper withholding so you don't have to cut a check at the end of the year for the IRS or you don't get hit with a quarterly estimate penalty either as well. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize those penalties and you know, if you're consistently owing every year, especially I believe if you owe more than $1,000, you are gonna be hit with some sort of penalty. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be Sure, sometimes I see penalties that are like 12 bucks and, you know, people aren't, aren't going to, you know, lose sleep over that usually. But, I mean, I've seen a few hundred dollar penalties. I've seen oh, yeah. even higher than that, honestly. So. And if they're consistent every year and not paying, not having enough covered by either withholding or quarterly estimates, that quarterly estimate penalty is going to creep up each year. It's going to go up. Right, um, yeah. And, and while we're on the topic of quarterly estimates... Um, you know, it also affects uh, two other categories of clients. Number one, the self-employed, or what we call 1099. This is where you're self-employed, and you get a 1099 at the end of the year and so forth. And, you know, you can write off your expenses and so forth, generally on a Schedule C against your income. The two things that a lot of people that we see that are 1099, they will get hit with, uh, well, you will get hit with self-employment tax, so you have to prepare for that and then uh, to pay that self-employment tax at the end of the year. But the way to cover that self-employment tax is by paying quarterly estimates. So our tax professionals here can help you set up quarterly estimates to again, because even as self-employed self people, you're gonna get hit with probably a bigger penalty as opposed to someone who's W-2'd and they didn't cover it with withholding because 
your withholding is your quarterly estimates when you're self-employed. So right. we want to make sure that, that that's covered. So that's part of the planning you want to do before next tax season to make sure that you are on track to cover your self-employment tax. Quarterly estimates also apply to everybody else as far as even retired people who are receiving their pensions, uh, their required minimum distributions at a certain age from their IRAs, their Social Security income, all that stuff. Um, if they don't have enough withholding from that and they're not paying quarterly estimates, they too can get hit with a quarterly estimate penalty. So uh, the IRS wants to see that made up too as well. So that's just, again, proper tax planning during the year so you don't get hit with tax at the end of the year. Even if you're retired, you could still get, it could still happen to you too as well. Yeah, definitely. One of the other topics that uh, I want to talk about a little bit is um, required minimum distributions, which you, uh, which anybody now has changed over the last couple of years, where now if you have attained age 72, you're required to take required minimum distributions from your uh, qualified accounts or IRAs. Um, a lot of people, you know, when they get to that point, they don't like to take them, but you have to take them because this is money that's never been taxed. You know, there's billions of dollars out there that the IRS has a collective tax on, so that's why they force you to take them at age 72 now. It, used to, it was 70 and a half, and if you were taking them already, and I, I believe that it was, if you were 70 and a half by the end of uh, 2020, uh, you have to continue to take them, but if you weren't at that point, you could wait till 72. One of the things on required minimum distributions that many people aren't aware of, because we see a lot of clients that once they take those, start taking them, a lot of clients may not need all of them or any of their required minimum distributions because they have a good pension, they're getting good social security, maybe investment income. So uh, what a lot of people don't know either is that... Um, that you can make uh, part or all of your required minimum distribution to a charity, and it doesn't go on your taxes, of course, because it's a charitable contribution. You can actually contribute up to $100,000 from your IRA distributions um, to a charity each and every year. So that can help reduce your yeah, taxes. Yeah, and we've it, assisted people with that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and it, it's a good thing to see. Obviously, the money's going to a good cause. These people don't necessarily need it and it's a way for you to pay a little bit less tax so it's kind of all around good if that's what you're looking to do anyway because plenty of people they probably take their rmd get it in the bank and say now i got all this money let me you know throw a little bit more in, in the church uh bucket or you know donate some more over here and you know, I, although that's still a good thing to do you're not really it's not helping you tax wise so if you're going to make some of these contributions or or there are ways to, to get a little bit more of a write-off than you would just with that $300 credit they give you per person now. So. Yeah, because a lot of that, if they take the required minimum distribution and then turn around and give money to a charity, right? if they're falling under the standard deduction, it's not helping them at all. Right. So uh, it's more advantageous to do it. And if that's something um, that uh, anybody listening here is interested in doing, um, that's that's something that we could help you. Uh, that's a tax planning thing because the financial institution where your IRA is held or qualified plan, they actually have to make the check directly to the charity and send it to the charity. It doesn't go to you first. Mm. So it has to be set up the proper way. And also while we're still on this topic of falling under the standard deduction, um, 
this is a little counterintuitive, but to one suggestion I would say to prepare for your 22 taxes, or rather something that you don't need to do very much of, uh, I, I will say 99% of the people that come through here with all their receipts, you know, they're trying to add up everything so that they can itemize their deductions. You know, it, it's just with the way the standard deduction rule is now, uh, you have to have so many expenses and qualifying uh, items that, that fall under the itemizing section of the deductions that it, it's hardly ever worth it, honestly. I, I've seen people put in work to save all their receipts, add everything up, all this neat organization that you could tell they've spent hours and hours trying to itemize and... Um, just with the rules how they are now, I don't know. I, I yeah. saw a handful of people itemize this year. It's yeah. like that's, that's how little it is. Literally, out of our 1,500-plus tax clients that we have, I would have to say at least 90 to 95% of them, or maybe even a little bit more, don't itemize because they can't. Right. Because the standard deduction for married couples about 24700 and then once you reach a certain age, uh, once you reach, reach 65 or older, that standard deduction actually goes up higher each year. So it actually makes it more difficult to yeah. itemize. It's so, close to 28,000 uh, right, now. For, so mm -hmm. it, yeah, it's, you have to, you know, and then, and then you take in, okay, all your income, uh, you know, when you look at medical expenses and writing those off, they add up all your income. I believe they look at seven and a half percent of your income, and so if you're making a hundred thousand dollars, that's seven and a half, essentially seventy five hundred. The first seventy five hundred of your medical bills, you're not going to be able to use anyway, uh, in that instance. And then now you have to have your mortgage interest has to be you know so high, and once you add that all up, rarely does it go above the twenty four, twenty five thousand, or or you know let alone the twenty eight thousand when you start getting into you know, once you're over 65, so. And the other thing too on the uh, on the Schedule A or itemized deductions too is, which were changed uh, several years ago with the tax law changes, the cap of $10,000 a year for real estate taxes. So we have clients that, that many clients that have multiple homes, maybe in different states, uh, or it doesn't matter even, even uh, in the same state, but uh, they're, if their real estate taxes exceed that ten thousand, they're capped at ten thousand. So that's one of the things too. And while we're on this, the subject of real estate, let's talk about too is one of uh, the sale of property, or maybe uh, investments like stocks or mutual funds and so forth. If you do any of these things during the year, if they're sold off and there's a gain. Uh, one of the things that we do with clients is we encourage our clients to call us during the year when you've sold the property or when you're getting ready to sell it, you know it's going to sell in this year, or stock or mutual funds, and you're going to have a considerable gain. Uh, it's probably the best thing to do is call us so we can uh, prepare or do a, um, a financial plan, uh, a tax plan for you rather, to show you what the impact would, would be so you're not shocked on April 15th. So that's always a good thing to do during the year. Yeah, and we, we have software, um, like Ed's saying, that you know clients will run scenarios by us and say, okay, say I sold off this much stock and uh, you know I had to throw $40,000 of a gain on our tax return, what would that look like? You know, our, With our software, we can actually project that. And it's beneficial for a lot of clients. Sometimes, whether you take that withdrawal or not, whether you sell that property or not, 
it, it is a tax decision sometimes. I think that's a big uh, a separator for us as advisors rather than a lot of the people we see um, and, and their advisors. Um, because right on the uh, statement like from other companies, say Fidelity, JP Morgan, anything like that, it says please seek the help of a of a tax advisor whenever you're you know uh, whenever it gets into the taxes and a lot of advisors aren't really going to help you out with the taxes that much they'll tell you uh, there's gonna be a gain or something like that but they're not gonna tell you how that's gonna impact you it's all estimates they're going to not give you really too much help or you know too much advice even when it comes to taxes so what our clients like is is we work hand in hand with them so when they are making these withdrawals uh, or you know doing any sort of tax planning we actually can give them answers and, and let them know how it's going to affect them it's it's not well usually capital gains are taxed at this so you're looking probably around here I mean we throw it right on your tax return right. and you know so well, a lot of clients like that it'll be pretty accurate when we do it um, and Speaking about that as far as getting hit with gain and so forth, a lot of our our new tax clients that come to us for the first time, uh, we'll see them get hit with enormous amounts of tax because of bad financial decisions that were made throughout the year. Um, their advisor, you know, they sold off uh, certain positions and caused a lot of taxable gain. Uh, they liquidated retirement accounts to buy a house and didn't withhold enough tax or what, or weren't advised that that they uh, you know we've had people even tell us that oh you know you know my advisor told me that if I take out of my uh, retirement account that and buy a house with it I'm allowed to do that and I won't be taxed mm-hmm. I have never heard that before in my life but um, that's just that's just error and it goes back to as a wealth management firm. Uh, we do everything here under one roof and tax planning is a big part of an overall plan and we always tell Nick and I always preach to clients that your tax return is the most important document that you own in fact when we sit down for a first financial consultation with clients the first thing that we look at is their tax return Exactly. Yeah. Don't don't show me any of your financial statements, your retirement accounts yet. We want to look at your tax return first because that's going to tell us a lot, and then we work from there. Yeah, and and just touching on that, um, home buyer trying to take money out of the, his his retirement accounts. Uh, this guy definitely did not qualify for the first time home buyer exclusion or anything like that. I believe it was even like a second property or something like that. He just thought it was because it was qualified money. It wouldn't count. So there's there's just a lot out there that, um, you know, sometimes it's good to get that second opinion and, and make sure that what you're being told is is correct. And, and you know, just because your advisor uh, sold something throughout the year, it, it, it could have been a, a decent investment decision. That's, that's a, a whole lot of uh, different topic. But, you know, at, at least... The least they could do for you is is prepare you for the tax that you're you're going to have to face because of that. So, right. and typically the, they don't. And, yeah, and and almost always they don't. I mean, the, the like I said, they'll they'll give you some sort of you know range. Yeah, they'll give you some sort of range, better, yeah. some sort of blanket answer. But mm-hmm. they're really you know if, on those statements, it's going to say seek the help of a tax advisor because they're they're not really going to give you much of that advice. Right. They don't. They 
they don't want to, they can't, they're typically not allowed to, um, and it's a liability to them because they're not uh, experienced in it, whereas we are, we have, you know, tax preparers and uh, qualified tax preparers and enrolled, uh, IRS enrolled agents on our staff that can answer all these questions and help with tax. So tax planning is a big part. Um, the other, one of the other things too, when we're on the subject of that, as far as things people do during the year uh, to cause taxes, uh, Roth conversions, when they convert an IRA to mm-hmm. a Roth IRA, um, that's something that we help clients with quite a bit and we encourage people that if they ever want to do that during the year that they contact us immediately so we can look at it because a Roth conversion is really not a lot of times a tax, uh, financial decision, it's more of a tax decision. Yeah, and uh, it's when, all about how you want to to leave it to your kids too at that point because the experience we've heard, a lot of people they are in their 60s, 70s, they say, well, you know, I've heard a lot about Roths. Should I do a Roth conversion? Is that is that smart for me? And at that point, I mean, they've been deferring that that IRA money for their whole life. It's done a lot of the benefit they meant it to do. Um, now they have all this built up tax in this account and they don't want to burden their kids with, you know, it's, their account could be $800,000 in an IRA and it's, you know, all $800,000 is taxable. So, yeah. And if they, you know, when we uh, do a tax plan for clients and for example, an $800,000 IRA, I mean, if we put that on the tax return all in one year, the client is not going to like <laughs> yeah, the tax. Yeah. It'll bring them up to the highest tax bracket. Even if they space it out over two or three years, it's still a big impact as opposed to if they if they take it over their lifetime. So yeah, it, it's it's a tax decision more than a financial right. decision. For the people who prioritize, you know, my end goal is to leave no tax to my kids. Whatever they get is exactly dollar for dollar what you know they have. I don't have to worry about them losing half of it to tax or anything. You know, sometimes in those situations that it, it is a good decision, but that's why you need someone who you trust and who, who knows uh, not only the investments, but the tax situations, because a lot of these things go hand in hand. And just because it's a good investment decision doesn't necessarily mean it was the best tax decision, which, you know, sometimes it, it, it's not always going to be the best tax decision, but... You know, you want to maximize your money at the end of the day. So having an expert in both is going to lead you down the best path most of the time. And the other thing, too, is when those IRAs eventually pass to the children or spouse, they could stretch those assets over so many years. It's restricted now to 10 years. It used to be a lifetime. So that's planning that we do as well with the beneficiaries where we show them if you take this in a lump sum and you inherit it versus if you stretch it, this is what it's going to do. One of the last things that I want to touch on, unless you have something else, Nick, is mm-hmm. let's talk about dividends on tax on, on the tax return. Um, you know, there's, there's two types of dividends that you typically, when you have dividend producing assets, um, you typically see on your tax return at the end of the year, uh, ordinary dividends and qualified mm-hmm. dividends. And if you want to Kind of break those down yeah, because yeah, there's, a lot of people don't understand what they are. Exactly. And yeah, and and so dividends that you receive um, on on your tax return, um, you know, whatever brokerage firm you're with, they'll they'll send you that form, the 1099 div, 
And uh, there's two types of dividends, ordinary and qualified. And ordinary dividends are going to be taxed, you know, just like uh, an IRA distribution, just like your wages are, just like any other income. And qualified dividends are going to be taxed much, much more favorably at a much lower bracket and just a lower effective tax rate on qualified dividends overall. So you want your dividends to be qualified because whether you take those dividends or not, um, if it's not in an IRA and it's just in a standard brokerage account, those dividends are going to be taxable whether you saw them in your bank account or they got reinvested to buy more shares. So, you know, you want those dividends to be qualified if possible. Uh, and it, it's up to the company to decide whether their dividends they give out are qualified or ordinary. Um, the business end gets different tax write-offs for how they qualify their dividends. But in the end, it's not hard to find companies that have qualified dividends. In fact, in most of our portfolios, our clients are in qualified dividends. But it's, it, it's important to know the difference between the two and which one you want over the other. And it's going to be qualified dividends most of the time because of the tax situation. Right. And just to touch on this a little bit more is that, you know, if, if dividends is, um, are something that you want in your portfolio and you like dividends and they are a great source of income for clients, especially, especially in retirement, we could work together with you on a plan to set up something where it'll be good dividend paying income for you, but also from a tax standpoint and a tax benefit, there'll be more qualified dividends for you that we can help you to get. Because if you're gonna take dividends and get good paying dividends, you might as well have uh, a tax benefit along with it too as well. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to another Age Gap Finance episode. My name is Nick. Uh, I'm here with Ed. And if you enjoyed our podcast, we'd welcome you to listen to our other podcasts as well on the same network. And, you know, uh, of course, Ed and I are actual advisors in the state of Florida, and we are, uh, we're happy to, to take on new clients. And, you know, you can give our office a call and in contact us that way we have free consultations for that first appointment sort of more of an assessment you know get to know each other a little bit better figure out your current situation you know your goals your needs everything like that we create a plan for you so um, if anyone needs anything like that you know we encourage you to don't hesitate give us a call we're here year-round ed do you have anything else to add yeah i mean you could just contact our office at 727-683-9119 or you can go on our website risottowealth.com to request an appointment through our website too as well you could always email us direct too if you have any further questions or you want to talk to us one-on-one nick nic at uh, risottowealth.com or ed at risottowealth.com yeah, one other thing I'll touch on too is if you, if you, uh, anyone listening has any podcast ideas, anything you want us to cover in the next episode or, or any ideas, you know, we're very, very happy to do that. You can, again, contact us in any other ways that Ed has said, and um, we'll be happy to touch on that in the next one. Just to touch a little bit on this topic here on tax planning, uh, the reason why we wanted to have this as one of our topics is that we feel that tax planning plays a really big role in an overall good, solid financial plan. So that's why we have always prepared taxes for clients, our financial clients. We have always provided tax planning. So it is. it really does play a big role in an overall financial plan. So 
keep that in mind. All right. And again, thank you for listening and you guys all have a nice day. Take care. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through True Investments Capital, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Mm-hmm.